Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you have your Bibles tonight. If you'll open to Numbers, Numbers chapter uh, chapter 9, the book of Numbers chapter 9, if you would please. Numbers, Numbers chapter 9. I'm going to uh, read uh, from the 15th verse down through the 23rd verse, Numbers 9. Numbers 9, 15 through 23. When we leave Numbers, we'll be headed to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. As soon as we leave Numbers 9, uh, 15 through 23, we're going to get right on the bus, head to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. All right. I'm reading from the New Living Bible uh, tonight. New Living Bible. These scriptures are in. Okay. Uh, Numbers chapter 9. I've said before that... uh, at the, just toward the end of last year, man, I just, uh, I just felt like I should, uh, for this year at least, uh, shift over and begin to do prim- primarily, uh, do a lot of studies in the New Living Version. I'm a New American Standard guy, uh, many, many moons, but, uh, but uh, since uh, December, we've been really uh, studying a lot of this New Living. So, All right, so we're in Numbers chapter 9, verse 15. On the day the tabernacle was set up, the cloud covered it. Everybody say the cloud covered it. But from evening until morning, the cloud over the tabernacle looked like a pillar of fire. And this was the regular pattern. At night, the cloud that covered the tabernacle had the appearance of fire. And whenever the cloud lifted from over the sacred tent, the people of Israel would break camp and follow it. And wherever the cloud settled, the people of Israel would set up camp. And in this way, they traveled and camped at the Lord's command wherever he told them to go. And then they remained in their camp as long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle. If the cloud remained over the tabernacle for a long time, the Israelites stayed and performed their duty to the Lord. And sometimes the cloud would stay over the tabernacle for only a few days. So the people would stay for only a few days as the Lord commanded. And then at the Lord's command, they would break camp and move on. Sometimes the cloud stayed only overnight and lifted the next morning. But day or night, when the cloud lifted, the people broke camp and moved on. Whether the cloud stayed above the tabernacle for two days a month or a year The people of Israel stayed in camp and did not move on. But as soon as it lifted, they broke camp and moved on. So they camped or traveled at the Lord's command, and they did whatever the Lord told them through Moses. Now go with me, if you will, over into the New Testament, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Here we're going to read one verse. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16 in the New Living. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16 in the New Living. Now, may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all. Well, I read to you two really blockbuster scriptures. And uh, the first one in Numbers chapter 9 is so powerful 
because it just reiterates the fact that God has always had a way to lead his people. God's people have never been without the direction of Father God. Even when they were in the desert, the remotest of desert, under the, under the most severe conditions, God always had a way to lead his people. And that cloud is, is what they followed. And, it, and they, you know, during the day, uh, if the cloud moved, the people moved. And when the cloud stopped, the people stopped. And at night, that cloud would have the appearance of, of a pillar of fire. And, and if that pillar of fire moved, the people got up and broke camp and moved. And when the, when the pillar of fire stopped, then the people stopped. They, they were following the Lord and he was leading his people and that cloud would show them where to go. And when the cloud stopped, they stopped. And then if it was a pillar of fire, when the pillar of fire moved, they moved. God has always had a way to lead his people. Aren't you glad about that? The title of this uh, message tonight is Don't Panic, God Will See You Through. I wonder if you'd help me with that. Turn, look at somebody tonight and tell them, don't panic. God will see you through. Look at somebody else, tell them, don't panic. God will see you through. Tell one more person, don't worry. He knows just what to do. Have you ever been in a situation where you weren't sure what to do and you had to make critical decisions? I remember uh, back in the, uh, uh, in the 80s and uh, I, I was working for uh, Thrifty Car Rentals corporate headquarters, their, their world headquarters. And, and, um, and there we had, we had, I'd come uh, 1985, come one year to Rama. And then after that, my niece and nephew came to live with us. And so I started working full time. And uh, so I didn't go back my second year. And uh, so, uh, so two or three years passed and I hadn't gone back to do my second year, but I was doing real well in business. Things were going good. In one particular year, I think I'd received three or more promotions in that one year. And the Lord just seemed to be blessing everything that we touched. Of course, we were grateful and giving him the glory for it. And I, was, I had an older uh, model Volvo, and I was going to sell it. I'll never forget that. And we were down there over at 4608 South Garnett, uh, right over there by Garnett, and where, uh, you know, the uh, uh, Highway 51 comes through there. And uh, anyway, uh, I was selling my car, and so I was trying to park it as close to the street, as close to Garnett as possible, so people could see the for sale sign. And so I parked my car over there before work, before heading into work. And uh, once I uh, put the for sale sign up in the window, when I turned around, uh, Jim Fillion, he was one of the uh, corporate officers of Thrifty. He was one of the private owners. At that time, Thrifty had seven private owners, and Mr. Fillion was one of those owners, and he had a white Jaguar, and he he let down his window. He drove over to me. He said, he said, what are you doing over here? And I said, I'm selling my car. And he said, oh, okay. He said, well, get in. I got to talk to you about something. So he said, I'll give you a ride to the rest, back to the building. And so we rode the rest of the way back to the building. And oh, he had a beautiful Jaguar. And uh, he told me, he said, Bill, this is what I want to tell you. Whatever you do in these next six months, don't you leave this company. That's what he told me. And, uh, and he said, you know, uh, I've, I've, he said, I, we've got uh, uh, lots of corporate plans. And he said, really, this is proprietary. He said, but, but uh, Chrysler's getting ready to buy this company. And he said, as a matter of fact, we're getting ready to move our corporate headquarters. We've bought a complex at 31st and Yale. He said, I was looking at the plans last week. I saw your office 
on those blueprints. And he said, we're, we're taking you with us. He said, we got a corporate car for you. We got all kinds of good things are going to happen to you. He said, whatever you do, he, we're sitting in his Jaguar. He said, whatever you do in these next six months, don't you leave this company. And I said, yes, sir, I will not leave. And I had no intention of going anywhere. Wild horses couldn't have got me away from there. But just within a couple of days of that, I don't know if it was one day or two days, I was in the elevator at Thrifty. I'm the only one in there. I'm going in between floors. I'm the only one in the elevator. And God spoke to my heart just like that. Down in my spirit, in between floors. I'm the only one in the elevator. I'll never forget it. He told me, go back to Rainbow. It was so bold. It was so strong in my gut, in my belly. I knew instantly I'm going to have to leave that job. I got down on one knee in the elevator and and I just said, Lord, I'll, I'll do, I'll do what you're saying. And uh, anyway, I let them know, you know, it was probably four months or so before September would have rolled around when school would have started. And it was about four months prior to that. And so anyway, um, I let them know that I was going to be leaving and they said, no, Bill, don't leave, don't leave. And they had just, at that time, they were reorganizing the corporate offices and they rolled two departments into my department. Uh, the the, 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 uh, the uh, senior vice president had been calling me to his office on a regular basis. And I didn't know that, but he was grooming me. He told me later, he said, I think you're ready to run co- consumer affairs for the corporation. And so when I announced that I was leaving, then they did everything. They were saying, please don't go. Think about the salary, the salary you're going to miss out on. Jobs like this just don't come every day. You don't get opportunities like this every day. Think about it. My immediate boss told me, what, what if your wife gets pregnant? Anything could happen. You don't get opportunities like this every day. And then he called me in his office and he gave me a letter and asked me to read it silently. And I read the letter and it was a letter of stock options. And they were giving me stock options if I would stay. And I remember saying to the Lord, you know, in my own prayer time, God, are you sure this is what I'm supposed to do? Am I supposed to go back to Ramah? Can't you see the, this, is a, this is an opportunity here, opportunity here out of, of a lifetime. Are you sure you want me to go back to Ramah? They then offered me stock now. But I had an inner peace, an inner assurance. I had a a peace from heaven down on the inside to to give that all up, to let all that go, to do what God was telling me to do. So many times as believers, we have important decisions to make, decisions decisions, decisions. And if we're not careful, we can let different things cloud our decisions. But God has a way of leading his children. And God, I know, sent me tonight with this message. Don't panic. God will see you through. Don't worry. He knows just what to do. I want to say four things briefly to you tonight in our time that the Lord's laid on our heart to share with you about this. Decisions. Decisions. Oh, my. 
you want to make sure you make the right decision. You see, it didn't look like it at the time from a natural perspective that I was making the right decision. I can't tell you how many people came to my office and, and closed the door there at Thrifty Corporate Headquarters and said, I heard you're leaving. And I said, yeah, what are you going to do? You got a better offer? Said, I'm going back to Rama. One person, he said, you're going to do what? His name was Howie. I'll never forget Howie. He said, he said, he said you're doing what? He said, uh, he said, my department was just collapsed into your department and you got this marvelous opportunity. They chose you to lead it and you're going to some Bible school? Do you know what you're doing? Do you know what you're giving up? Oh, but down here on the inside, I had a blessed assurance. I had a peace from God. I had a peace from heaven. And God, he can lead you down on the inside. And he can show you just what to do, what decision to make. And if you follow that decision, you'll be so blessed. I said, you'll be so blessed. It may not look like it from the outside. And it may not look like the right decision to all your relatives. And it may not look like the right decision to some of your coworkers. Oh, but when God leads you down on the inside, you can rest assured that your father God knows exactly what to do. And if you'll follow him, you'll be so blessed. You'll come out on the blessed side, blessed and on top. Decisions. So I want to say these four things briefly. Number one, you have decisions to make. Remember this, be thankful. Be, be thankful. Now I'm going to start by reading 2 Thessalonians 3.16. That's one of my keynote scriptures. And then we're going to go to 1 Thessalonians 5. But, but 2 Thessalonians 3.16 again. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times in every situation. Do you know it doesn't matter what situation you and I face, God already knows about it. I said, I wish I had a bigger amen than that. It doesn't matter how complicated a situation looks to you and I, God's already got that thing figured out. And can I tell you this? Things don't catch him off guard. Things don't catch him by surprise. Our Father God, he knows it all. He sees it all. And he knows exactly what to do. And he's not in heaven fretting, oh, what are we going to do now? Oh, God, what are we going to do now? Oh, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do? What are we going to do now? Oh, what are we going to do now? The Father God knows exactly what to do. Nothing ever catches him by surprise. And so the scripture, verse 16, said, now may the, may the Lord of peace. He's known as the Lord of peace. The Lord of peace. Gideon called him Jehovah Shalom back there in Judges chapter 6. Gideon saw an angel and he said, oh, oh, I've seen an angel. Now I'm going to die. And the angel said, don't worry, don't worry, have peace. He spoke peace to Gideon. You're going to live. And Gideon said, he's Jehovah Shalom. He's the Lord, my peace. Our Lord, one of his many names, one of his names, he is the Lord of peace. Glory to God. And Jesus died so that you and I could walk and live and talk and make decisions in peace. It really doesn't matter what you're facing, how tough your decision is. Don't panic. God will see you through. Don't worry. He knows just what to do. So my first point, be thankful. Look, look at 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5. 
and look at verse 18. Look at verse 18. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Bible says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong uh, to Christ Jesus. Now, the Bible doesn't say be thankful for all circumstances, but in the midst of whatever we face, we can be thankful. Why? We've got a God who's the Lord of peace, who will give us peace in every situation. He'll show us just exactly what to do. Let your eyes drift down to 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. He's the God of peace. Listen, be thankful. The Bible says right there, be thankful, be thankful. Look back at Colossians, keep turning backwards. Go to Colossians chapter three, the second part of verse 15. It says this, always be thankful. Always be thankful. You got tough decisions to make. But the first step in making any decision, you say, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm not sure what to do. I'm not sure what to do. The first step in making any decision is to let your heart overflow with thanksgiving. I said, I wish I had a bigger amen than that. Thank him for what? You say, I don't know what to do. Thank him for what? How can I thank him if I don't know what to do? Thank him that he knows what to do. Thank him that he's the God of heaven. Thank him that he's the Lord of peace. Thank him for all the times before in your life when you didn't know what to do, but God showed you what. Anybody here like that? You didn't know what to do at some point in your life, and God showed enough, he showed you what to do. I said he's the Lord of peace, and you ought to thank him for it. You ought to thank him until your heart starts to overflow. A lot of times people say, well, I don't know how to hear from God. I'm not hearing from God. I don't hear from God. Oh, I'm so upset. I don't know what to do. I'm not hearing from God. I'm not hearing from God. You know, stop all that. And you need to start thanking him because he's not the God of confusion. He's not the author of confusion. And he knows exactly what to do about your situation. And you ought to thank him for it. And as you're thanking him for being so good, as you're thanking him for being the Lord of peace, as you're thanking him for being God all by himself, he will cause the answer to what you're supposed to do to rise in your heart. He'll cause you to know exactly what you need to do. You ought to start by thanking him. And nothing you ought to thank him for, you ought to thank him that you do hear from God. Brother won't get an amen teaching like that. If you are a child of God, you hear from God. You say, oh, no, 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 no. Now, Pastor Tad and all them, they hear from God. No, but I don't hear from God. I don't ever hear nothing. God, I don't ever hear from you. You need to stop that. Are you a child of God? If you are his child, he said, my sheep hear my voice. They know me and they follow me. John chapter 10. He said, my sheep, all my sheep, they, they hear my voice. They know me. Yeah. And so you hear from God, whether you realize that or not. And you need to thank God over and over again that you hear from him. And you say, but I don't, I'm not hearing anything. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know. Thank him that you do know what to do. You said, I just told you, I don't know what to do. I just told you, thank him by faith that you know what to do. You need to thank him over and over again. I do know what to do. I do hear from God. I do know what to do. Thank you, Father. I'm your child. Thank you. I hear from you. Oh, and if you'll prime the pump like that, the God of heaven, the Lord of peace, he will speak to you. Number one, be thankful. Be thankful. Number two, be patient. 
be patient. Go with me to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, right quick. Verse 6 and 7. Oh, man, be patient. You got decisions to make? Be Start by being thankful. God's led you through before. God's not going to let you down. God's faithful. Be, th- be thankful for his faithfulness. Be thankful that you hear from God. Secondly, be patient. Be patient. Sometimes we make decisions so fast we can get out ahead of God. Anybody ever been there? I've been there. I've been there where I've made decisions so fast and got out ahead of him. Be patient because God not only has a will for you to follow, he has the timing in which he wants you to follow his will. Can I say it like that? Where'd I tell you to go? Acts 16. What'd I tell you to go? Six and seven. All right, I'm just testing you. Acts 16, verse 6 and 7. It says, Now Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Oh, my. And then coming to the borders of Messia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went through Messia to the seaport of Trous. They were trying to go through Asia. That was their plan, their plan A. But God had a different plan. And the Holy Spirit told them not to do that. You notice here the Holy Spirit didn't tell them what to do. But you can learn a lot. You can learn a lot just by being sensitive to the Lord when he tells you not to do something. I said, when he tell you don't do something, listen, obey that. Let's start with obeying that. Somebody said, well, well, why you didn't tell me what to do? I want to know what to do. I want to, well, wait a minute. First, let's obey what he said. Let's do that. <laughs> he, he told them, don't go to Asia. They tried to go the next direction. They tried to go to Bithynia. The Holy Spirit said, don't do that. Don't do that. And really, somebody said, well, why? Why? They were doing a good thing. They were, they were uh, verse 5 says, they, they were strengthening churches and the faith. The churches were growing. So shouldn't they have just gone on anyway? They were doing something for the Lord. Shouldn't they have just gone on anyway? No, the Holy Spirit said, don't do that. God has timing to accompany his will. I wish somebody would understand me today. <laughs> what was my first point to you? Be what? Be thankful. What are we talking about now? Be patient. Don't get out ahead of God. See, they were listening to the Holy Ghost. Should we go? See, there have been a lot of Christians. They just would have barged on into Asia. They would have barged on into Bithynia. The Lord told them, don't do that yet. Now, if you, you know, you go over a few chapters, read Acts 19 and 10, and it says all of Asia heard the word. God had a plan for Asia but he didn't want them to go right then. Somebody said, well, how come? Why didn't the Lord want them to go? Why didn't the Lord come? Why, 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 why? Mind your business. <laughs> if the Lord wanted them to know why, he would have told them why. If he doesn't tell you why, don't worry about it. Just don't do it. Just obey him. We the why generation. We got to know everything. Really? Uh, really, you know, you go over there to... Go, go over there to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, for the nosy people in the, in, the, uh, in the congregation, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Somebody said, why wouldn't the Lord want him to go to Asia? Why didn't the Lord want him to go to Asia? 
We're saying be patient, be patient. Second Corinthians chapter one, look at verse eight. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. Look what happened when they did get there. We were crushed and overwhelmed by our ability to endure. We thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. And we've placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. It was tough sledding in Asia. But God had a plan. Acts 19.10 said all of Asia heard the word. God had a plan for Asia. And if they had gone to Asia then when they were trying to bust into Asia, listen, they might have lost their lives. I said, be patient. When God tells you to stay and you say, well, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to rip and run. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Well, wait a minute. You better be patient. It'd be better for you to be a step behind than than too far out in front. God has timing associated with his will. Be thankful, number one. Listen, number two, be patient. Uh, Listen, number three, be still. You know why I say that? Because sometimes you just got to get your mind quiet, get your heart right before God. Sometimes as you're listening for the Lord's direction, get quiet. Sometimes you got to get quiet before him sometimes. Be still. Psalm 37, verse 7. Psalm 37, verse 7. When we leave there, we're going to Psalm 46, verse 10. Psalm 37, verse 7. Psalm 46, verse 10. Psalm 37, verse 7. My point here, be, be, uh, be still. Psalm 37, verse 7. Be still. 37 verse 7, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Oh, that's a good scripture right there. Oh, you ought to have that underlined in your Bible. Be still in the presence of the Lord. Wait patiently for him to act. Yeah. Got to be patient. Got to be still. Go over a few verses to Psalm 46 and verse 10. What's that say? Be still and know that I'm in God, that I'm God. Sometimes it's just good to be still and know. Be still and know that he's God. Get your heart quiet. Because a lot of times we got so much clutter in our, in, our, in our mind that it becomes harder to hear when the Lord prompts us by the Holy Ghost. And a lot of times when you get your heart quiet, oh man, you can sense the tug and the pull of the Holy Ghost. So much clearer, so much stronger. You let a lot of things, like back there in the decision I had to make, they started offering me stock. They started telling me not to go. I went home and said, Lord, you sure? You sure you want me to go? You sure I can go? Should I go? You want me to go? This is a marvelous opportunity. I don't know if you know that, Lord. (laughs) Ooh, but when I got quiet, oh, man, I had a rest and a peace. And I knew, stick with that decision. Go back to Ramah. One of the best decisions I ever made. Kick that job to the curb and come back to Ramah. And it may cost you at first. But when God settles up with you, you'll be blessed and on top. Be thankful. Be patient. Be still. Finally, be led. Be led. First, look again at 2 
Thessalonians 3.16. It's one of our blockbuster scriptures tonight. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. For every situation you face, God's got peace for you. He's got direction. No matter how big, no matter how small, no matter how confusing, God's got peace for you. He's got direction for you. He wants you to have it. Psalm 32, verse 8, David said, uh, he, uh, I, God said to David, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye on you. Don't be like a horse or a mule. So now go with me to Colossians 3.15. Be led. Be led. Colossians 3.15. Once you've been thankful, be thankful. Be patient. Be still. Oh, and then, and then what? And then be led. Be led. Colossians 3. 15, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all of its richness fill your lives. Yeah, this, Bible, this word says, let the peace that comes from Christ rule. That word rule means literally be umpire. Let God's peace be your deciding umpire. Now, when you're watching a game, whether it's, it's baseball or football or basketball or whoever the referee or the umpire is, they make the final calls. And we've got a Holy Ghost umpire on the inside of us. And he's got your best interest and he knows the will of God for you. And, and listen, if you'll let the Holy Ghost umpire lead you, he'll lead you and guide you from the inside out. Romans 8, 14, all who being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Romans 8, 16, the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Proverbs 20, 27, the Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts of his belly. Listen, God wants to lead you with peace. He, he will guide, somebody said, well, well, I don't feel peace. Well, get back in his presence. Take those other steps. Be thankful. Be patient. Be still. But as you stay in his presence, God will lead you with his peace. Israel had a way for God to lead them. That cloud moved, Israel moved. That fire moved, Israel moved. That fire stopped, Israel stopped. But Hebrews 8, 5 says that you and I in the body of Christ have a better covenant established upon better promises. And so if Israel had it that good, don't you think God's got something better for you and I? The Holy Ghost is on the inside of us to lead us and guide us, 2 Thessalonians 3.16, in every circumstance, in every situation, God's got peace. You say, I sure am confused. God's not confused. Thank him that he's not confused. Thank him that he's not the author of confusion. And as you do, he'll lead you and guide you. I'm so glad today looking back on that decision. The Lord led me. So many people tried to talk me out of that decision. So many people tried to say, don't go back to that. Don't go to that Bible school. Look what God's doing for you here. God's doing something for you here. Oh, but the Holy Ghost was down in my belly telling me what to do. And I'm so glad today I followed that. I'm so glad. I'm so glad today. I'm so glad. You'll be so glad that you follow the Lord. You'll be so glad that you make the right decision. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Let's pray. Father, we've endeavored in this time that we've had to share along these lines. And we thank you now through the mighty Holy Spirit and the mighty word of God. And from these words that we've read tonight, may there be rhema words that lift from the pages of Scripture to guide your people, to teach and instruct your people.
Father, so many have important decisions, decisions that they have to make. So many have been through circumstances where something has robbed them of peace. Death of a loved one, loss of a job, broken relationship, things that they've gone through have robbed them of your peace. But we know that you are the Lord of peace and you have peace for every circumstance, for every situation, no matter how grave, you're the Lord of peace. And you want us and have provided for us to overflow in peace. So help your people. Every head is bowed. How many of you here in this room, you say, I've got tough decisions. You've been talking to me tonight. I've got tough decisions. Every head is bowed. I just want you to lift your hand. I'm not asking you to come down here. I just want to lift your hand. Let me see who I'm talking to tonight. Just all over. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Just all over. Father, you see honest hands, honest hearts. I'm asking you to speak to your people. You wouldn't direct us along this lines if you didn't want to your, your people to overflow in peace. For some, they need to begin with thanksgiving. For others still, they need to be patient, wait on your timing. Still for others, they need to be still and know that you're God. Still others need to be led by that peace from the inside out. Guide, direct, instruct, and provide your peace. And we'll give you all of the glory and the honor and the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You can lift your head, my friend. Our prayer partners are coming down. Remember, God knows what to do in every situation. You got a circumstance, it's difficult to figure out. You don't know what to do, but God knows what to do. And that same God will give you peace right in the midst of your circumstance. You know exactly what to do. And sometimes even in the midst of a storm, there's a center of a storm where it's so peaceful. And no matter what storm you may be going through, God's got peace for you. And you can make it. And God will help you. He'll show you exactly what to do. Put his peace upon you. You'll be able to carry on making quality decisions. If you need something from God tonight, you want to be saved? Oh, glory to God. You want to be born again? Come on down here. Men come to the men and the women come to the women. That's all we ask. But you want something from God tonight? These anointed men and women down here, these ladies down here, these folks anointed. And uh, these men over here, they're anointed men. And they'll help you. They'll pray with you. You want to be filled with the Spirit. You want somebody to pray with you about something. You want somebody to pray with you about peace. You want somebody to pray with you about a decision you have to make. As we dismiss, don't exit, come forward. And they will pray with you individually and watch God use them in your life. They are, they are, they are ministers of righteousness. God will use them to help you tonight, whatever you need. All right, stand up on your feet. I understand we had at least one visitor tonight and we've got a great gift for you just for coming tonight. Let's thank our visitor tonight, however many we have. Let's thank them for coming. Don't you appreciate that? Remember, let's keep our pastors uh, in prayer uh, this week. And don't forget all the announcements that uh, Pastor Tad made. Uh, be here uh, next uh, Sunday, of course. And then next Sunday night is Super Bowl night. And whether you like football or not, come on out for the fellowship and the fun and the food. We're going to have a fantastic uh, time. Be here Wednesday for Hour of Power. And then uh, you'll be blessed. All right. So uh, God bless you, one and all. Those who've tuned in, thank you. We love you all. God bless you. You are dismissed.